interesting about that. Welcome everyone to the study group of Building Love That Lasts. We're welcoming people into this space, including Anne-Claude Destremo, <laughs> who was just about to say something. Week 100. I know it's, it doesn't mean anything, but I still think it's really cool. <laughs> this is week 100. This is the 100th wow. meeting of this study Look at us. <laughs> we have evolved. Our, our lives are emerging at a rapid rate in new territory. Christina, this is, this is week 100. I see. It's not so impressive. Okay. Well, we'll work. Yes. Being impressed. It's an experiment on page 239. Yeah, this is great. Is, allow yourself to be amused. It might be a little um, uh, blurry because our connection is a little unstable. So, but. Yeah, but that's always the case with us. Hello, Ingrid. Hello, everyone. We are celebrating that this is study group number 100. Yeah. Tell the legend, go around to their friends and relatives, explain, I was there, I was there. Well, okay, it's your turn. What's up? Janet started already. You might have to repeat yourself, Janet, because this is amazing. Or James. I um. So Janet dragged me off the street. That she did her homework. So, <laughs> so we're we're here. We're here for radical relating. Yes. <laughs> That's the right place. You came to the right place. <clears throat> Thank you. Be prepared. You can't actually. That's the thing about radical relating is you you can't be prepared for what what happens. So that's a good thing about it. If you could predict it and prepare yourself, it would be boring after a while, sooner than we might think. And so that would not be relating. Somebody else, anybody else sharing experiments from the last week? Yes. Yes, Eva. I did this experiment of unreasonably loving people and found out that it's actually amazing that I can I can just by choosing that, deciding that to to emit love or to just love them, that I feel totally in love. So <laughs> and so far I had this concept of, well, I can't do anything. You, you know, it just happens. People just fall in love and then it's three months and then it's over, you know. And I can, I can just decide that. It was so amazing, you know, with all the hormonal state and everything. And then, <laughs> <laughs> then I, I was on my bicycle and I, I thought, well, this is experiment is cool, but now no one's around. What am I going to do now? And then I thought, well, I could just apply it to myself too. Uh. <laughs> yeah. And that is that is interesting or oh, it's it's also painful because also with doing again chapter 0 of the gremlin transformation when I start loving myself it's as if light is shone 
on all the places where I can't do that yet or where it's just a habit to accuse myself of not being perfect or whatever, like all this cannibalism going on. It's, it's becoming more and more obvious with just this decision to, to love myself and to notice where I can and where I cannot. So, so that is where I am. I'm going to continue the experiment. Well, that's something, because if you go around sourcing love, you know, dis- you know, causing it to exist, it's really difficult to avoid it then. It's really difficult <laughs> to avoid that, because you're at the middle of it. So, okay then. It seems like love supersedes perfectionism mm. as a hobby. Well, at least Dorothea got it. <laughs> yeah. I, so I, something along these lines, I'm doing a different experiment for, I had this discovery that I'm a black sheep. And I didn't think I was a black sheep. I thought I, I, thought I could, I thought I could, like be perfect and make it work with everybody. Mm. I mean, like everybody would, you know, there would always be a way for connection or understanding or relating or, and I realized that I did that in a way to it out of integrity of what I wanted. It was just, I was being adaptive and that's how I made it work with everybody. And then I could be in a path of transformation and with my family and with ordinary people but actually I was just being a chameleon and, and only sort of outside of possibility management, like only taking care of myself sort of on the edges or having this idea that, Oh, I can be this bigger person. And so I don't really need to have integrity. Like I don't really need to take care of myself because I'm just this bigger person. And that thing collapsed about two days ago where I finally made a boundary where I was being abused. And I just said, actually, I don't want that. And the whole fake relationship that was built on that completely collapsed. And the other person said, I never want to listen to you again. You know, I don't want to be connected with you. I, and, and it, and it shook me really to like this core image of myself that if I did everything right, then I could keep it. I could like make it work. It was really these words. If I did everything right, I could make it work. And, and so I was talking with um, a a trainer and, and she said, but you're a black sheep. She said, it was such, it was so obvious. Like, and, and and I can still feel the liquid state of, okay, I can't, it's, it's not part of the black sheet to make it work with everybody. It's not, that's not the thing. The thing is, I need to be myself. I am myself. And that's, and it's just being who I am is a friction for people around me. Even if I don't say anything, because I wasn't saying anything. Even if I don't say anything, people, it's a really, and and, and so, and I, I said something, so I said this thing to Clinton on, I was kind of like digesting it. And I said, okay, I can't be myself and be nice. 
if I'm a black sheep, I can't be myself and be nice anymore. And so it's still, um, I, I heard this word percolating, but that's the experiment I'm making being black sheep. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to the tribe of black sheep and Chloe. Welcome to the tribe. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you can't. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know I was actually surrounded by a lot of black sheep. Black sheep, yeah. Also, green sheep and purple sheep and yeah. things like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Not white. And red. And red. And red sheep, yeah. <laughs> Yellow sheep. Question I want to bring that's been my experiment of sourcing love. Hang on. <laughs> You're getting there. I'm getting there. With a lot of heartbreak. So in the research I've continued for the last three weeks, I've walked through the realization that woman's job is to wake men up to then kill him, basically. To kill everything that's not the nothing. And I've found the last 10 days or more that if man's self-hatred and self-annihilation glasses <laughs> they're already slain themselves and then that's the glasses through which I've been seen. And no matter what amount of love I was able to source or put into action in practical things there's a something that doesn't want to let the love through <laughs> well that's the point I left Ahio to Manawa last night and I don't know if I've got that out the way I want it but that's my point of heartbreak. If anybody has anything. Thank you, first. Yeah, thank you, Janet. Mm -hmm. And I have something, but it's somehow it's not so much about the heartbreak because I think it's accurate. It's an accurate heartbreak. Um, I I have this kind of question about because you said women's job is to you know bring people bring men into their nothingness and therefore killing anything that's not that and I would have a question about that being the job of the women I think actually it's probably a a, a work that has to be happening among men and it's something else that's happening between men and women mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's still coming into form. Yeah. But the idea that, you know, to kill anything that's not the real thing, it's been a journey, and I will get it into writing. Millicent's helping me, me with that now. Yeah, great. And what you wrote to me when I asked for your transformational sword sharpener was, you say just get on creating what you want, and I have. It's like mm -hmm. just leave 
leave them in, him in this swamp. Uh, I'm available, but and I got on with putting big pieces of wood under my cauldron and brewing up all sorts of things this last few days. Mm. Yeah. Thank you, Mary, for letting me get that out. Mm. Yeah, the thing you said about men slaying mm. themselves, I kind of wish that were so. I mean, I could imagine that being so in a once a man has entered adulthood with, with a team of other men. But I think the thing that appears to be men slaying themselves is it's it's a a kind of artificial slaying or insufficient slaying because the thing always grows back and when it grows yeah. back it's always more defended more clever and so I you know I've seen that happen in I think it, I think the process is themselves. You know, there needs to be on the one hand, there needs to be matrix to hold the result of a process, but then there also needs to be the process. So there needs to be both the preparations and the execution of the process. You know, the, the actual transformation, and both of those are crucial elements for the slaying part to occur. Yeah, and it, yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's what you meant, Clinton, but. Part of the slang that you're talking about, I think it really is, is you're talking about, or it's like, what's the purpose? And if it's a gremlin purpose as self-cannibalism, then that's not doing, it's nothing to do with the path of transformation. And to watch that, Anne Chloe, has been, yeah, Yeah. really sad and painful. Mm-hmm. And my dream, I've just finished reading the Kinavata and my dream yesterday, there was two two leeks, L-E-E-K-S, so the national emblem of uh, Wales. But then when I was saying, why have I got the top of two leeks in my dream? And then it was this two leeks, L-E-A-K-S's. Uh-huh. So I left. I left. I know who the two leeks are and I protect my energy and I'm here at the Oasis. The, the the potential next culture research center and training village. I'm at there right now. Thank you. And just the kind of that by what's her name? Uh, Dorothy. Dorothy. Thank you. Dorothy. Bryant. Bryant. Yeah. T right. Thank you. <clears throat> yeah. Complete. Yeah, great book on the list. Mm-hmm. Has a matrix code. And one written by a woman which is mm. not the case for most of the books, yeah. Is that true, most yeah. of the books? Okay, so well, that's still... good. These women have not written their books Indeed. yet. Indeed. <laughs> okay, we are waiting. We have open ears and eyes ready for your books. Yeah, cool, thank you. Anybody else? Something. Yes, I, I'm leaving tomorrow, and... To another place and I am using this time to see my my father and my mother and I I don't, don't usually spend much time with my mother and so this serves me as a, a checkpoint of where I am because a lot happens in between and I feel a lot of sadness. There's a part that's dying inside. I'm grieving because 
the survival strategy that my mother has in place is so thick that it's really difficult to connect. And I was just trying to, I was just watching it and experimenting and making proposals and watching my own reactivity and my emotions come up and I am grieving my mother and energetically I feel like I'm separating at this moment and the adult woman is separating from from my mother and I feel really sad to see how the survival strategy is so thick. It's like, it's a big wall. I have a couple of tricks to offer you. And uh, the way the way of the trick is to adopt the purpose of celebrating your mother. Mm-hmm. And the practical way to do that is to do kind of a piece of conscious theater. It goes like this. I'll use my own mother as an example. <laughs> but it would be, I'd go, you go, Mom. Jenny. Ginny, no, that would be, it doesn't work that way. You go, Mom, Mom, remember, you know those sticky buns that you can make with the cinnamon and the pecans and they're rolled up like this and I I don't know how to make them and I would love it if you could show me how to make those. But just do it slowly and help me make those sticky buns because I just don't know how to do it and I go out, I go in my life I'm out there. I want those sticky buns because none of the bakeries have anything to compare to this. Will you make sticky buns with me? And then you get a couple of hours of being with your mom in her space. And you get to celebrate your mom while learning how to make sticky buns. And it'll create a memory that accomplishes the same thing as the grieving. But it'll. But it's a celebratory move. It's a, it's a gesture. You know, you can go, Mom. Remember, you know, you, you can you can knit socks, and I I just need something to do when I'm sitting on this airplane. I got these twelve hour flights, and I got I want to knit socks. If you could just show me how to do the toes and the top of the sock. I, here's some yarn. I got some needles and yarn. Could you show me how to knit socks? So those kind of things that this is really powerful transformational process to do. So mm-hmm. I encourage something like that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Some somebody else, anything else? Isabel? Anybody? Dimitra? Ingrid. Ingrid. Yes. I am experimenting with belonging. 
like I I'm experimenting with belonging to a lot of things around me. Sometimes random. At the beginning, I was more experimenting with I belong to my space. I belong to my archetypal lineage. I belong to my anger. And now I'm like I'm experimenting to belong to a hospital where I never have been. And what happened is that my inner sensation changed because first I, I felt fear to belong to a hospital that I d do not know and or belong to the TV, for example. And because I had the story that if I belong to something, I have to do something about it. And I found out a lot of stories and rules that I have about that. And the inner sensation changed because I I'm more grounded right now in okay I I care about that stuff even if I don't do anything about it. I can belong to everything. <laughs> I I choose where I belong and yeah, and I I was traveling and now I came home and I'm seeing everything around me and it looks so different. It's, it's uh, wonderful. Sibeli, mm. so, I want to offer you another experiment that goes along with that one. And it is to make a slight shift in the energetic relationship such that you shift from you belonging to it to you owning it. And then when you own it, when you own all, you own the hospital, you walk in and you're already home and you look around and you go, I need to take care of that. And you tell somebody, I'm going to water these plants. I'm going to sweep the floor here. I'm going to talk to this patient because they, I own this place. And so you just walk wherever you're going. I own the television. I'm going to call them up and suggest a different kind of program or whatever you have to do to own the television. You just own each thing. And it's not a burden because when you own it, you're, you have so much possibility. So it's like you said, you don't have to do anything, but you can. Because you own it. And this is a huge uh, gateway to collaborative proposals for evolutionary changes and transformational changes and relating in different ways. Is, you know, like, and Chloe and I just coming back from a 1200 acre nation in Costa Rica, and I walk there and I'm, I'm pulling the weeds, you know, I'm fixing the gate and doing different things because I own the place. And if you, you know, you, basically I'm already hired because it's mine. There's no conversation about, you know, do I belong here or not? Do, I, do they have to hire me or not? Because I'm already working there. I mean, uh, uh, what's his name? 
Mark Twain did that in San Francisco. The author Mark Twain, Samuel Clemens was his real name. He was in San Francisco during the days of the gold mines. It was total chaos. And he, he goes to the newspaper and said, I want a job. And they go, we can't pay you. And so he starts submitting articles for free about the life and times of the gold miners all over the area that he meets and he interviews them and he writes this every day he writes a column for them. And pretty soon people will start buying the newspaper just to read what he's writing. But he's, and then after about six months of this, he goes in and says, okay, I'm not writing these articles anymore. And they go, what? People are buying the newspapers just to read your article. He says, well, you're not paying me. So they go, oh, we'll fix that. So they start paying him right away. So it's kind of like that. The things work out through this radical responsibility of ownership, participation at the ownership level. And I, I want to add because it was part of a coaching I had yesterday that this kind of relationship with the world is definitely adult. It can verge on the archetypal um, because you own the thing. There's a necessity, and then your these resources, bright principles, archetypal lineage, have a place to keep pouring stuff in. And it's not your own energy. It's not exhausting because it's not your own energy. It's their energy. And actually, you get energy from it. And it's a collapse of, and I thought it would be relevant to you, Isabel, it's a collapse of the good girl box. It's a total collapse of, you know, I have to do things for people or, you know, they're doing things for me, so therefore I owe them. You know, it's a it's a complete um, shift of relationship. Yeah, adult and archetypal way to to engage the world. Yes, because the the how I came to that was that every time when I was in a group, in a new group, or even in a, in a group that I know, I was like searching for someone who was. Uh, where where I sense okay I I do I really belong to that group is it okay to belong to that group and it, I was always searching for someone who will just uh, reflect me that back if I, it's okay to belong to the place that I'm not right now mm-hmm. yeah and where does that put you on the drama triangle. A victim. Yeah. But if you walk into any group that you're in and go, this, I own this group. It's a different, whole different game, whole different way of relating. It doesn't mean you have to stay, but it means you can contribute and participate because mm-hmm. it's your group. It's a fun experiment. The, the experience of Go ahead, Sonia. The the experience of being a nomad has brought me to this experiment that you are talking about, Isabel, which is I don't have a place to go of my own. And so wherever I am, it's my place. And it's so strange because I had this story that I have to have a place uh, uh, that it's that I know where it is, that it has an address, so that I could have roots. Mm-hmm. And 
as soon as I started this experience, I have more roots now than I had before. <clears throat> roots in the sense of it, they are in me and they come with me wherever I am. And the, I, I try this here where I am right now. I, I have this amazing room to be in, but when I arrived, there was all this stuff hanging around in a sofa. And I was really like, I don't like this. I don't want to sleep in a place that has all this stuff in, on top of things. And I started questioning myself, what am I going to do? Am I going to ask for permission to do this? And I was like, I'm going to try not to do it. I'm not going to ask for it. And so I just packed it up, put it in a place. And I was so excited of taking care of the space I was sleeping in. And so it's a really amazing exper experiment to go around not having a place to go and everywhere that I am is my place <laughs> and and see what happens from the outside. Like if there are reactions, if there are things that come up because this ownership thing, it's very... Hmm, it's a source of reactivity <laughs> and i and i'm experimenting with this and also the time like time doesn't go by the same way as when i lived in a, a, a in the same place it's it's mm, it's slower it's a lot slower. There's a lot more time. And, and, and it's different. And now uh, another addition that, that I, 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 I leave you with is ending the Monday to Friday weeks and check what happens when there's no weekend and you choose to do what you want to do whenever you want to do and eat when you want to eat, what do you want to eat? For example, like I'm eating soup for breakfast <laughs> and it's like reconnecting to the body and what is it that I really want? And someone, and not because someone told me, oh, you should eat bread with butter for breakfast. And yeah, thank you for sharing your exper experiment of belonging. <laughs> Thank you, Simon. Yeah, thank you. Somebody else. Yes, I found simply tell me if you don't understand me. We do understand. I'm, I'm back in Canada and my feet yeah. and I'm waiting uh, over the uh, last two months. And you're saying you're back in Canada? You're back in Canada. And what was yeah. the thing after that? And uh, my speech has aggravated over the last 
woman of man and I know In, that Ingrid, I'm just going to repeat back because I'm I'm hearing what you're saying, but also for the people for the recording. Yeah. So I'll do completion of that. You are back in Canada, but for the past two months, your speech has aggravated. Yeah. And when I came here, I noticed difficulties in accepting that accepting <laughs> you've you've sent since you've come back here you've sensed the difficulties yeah accept okay accepting the change yeah 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 and I made an experience experiment about acceptance. Mm. And you, you did you're in this experiment of acceptance. Yeah. And I thought acceptance is an act. You thought acceptance is Oh, an act. Yeah, and it's not. Yeah. It's a place. It's a, a space. You discovered that acceptance is not an act, it's a space. Yeah, and it's a, it's a space which always exists. And that it, it's a space that always exists. Yeah. And is uh is um I need to become more widened to find that space. Mm. You had to widen and, to find that space. Yeah. yeah. And then the symptoms, the body, the mental the emotions are like hanging in that space, mm -hmm. in that violent space. And then, and then when you it you widen and you're in that space, then it, your voice, your emotion, your mental, they can hang. They can the symptoms yeah. they can hang in that space. Yeah, and then there is no drama. Mm. And then there's no drama. And it's like I'm around, I'm, I'm placing my uh, eye not longer into the body, mm. but in that empty space around. Yeah. And Then you're not placing your eye, the eye in your body, but actually in the wide, in that wide space. Yeah, and is like emptiness mm -hmm. in that wide space, and I have the impression the symptom is like very dense. 
for example, chocolate, and I need to yeah. make a mousse of chocolate putting <laughs> the air into the dense chocolate. And so, then wait, 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 wait. And so in this empty space, so this empty space of this experience, what I got is that it's really intense. And the man I'm sure in my symptoms, then it's dense. Yeah, when you in your symptoms, it's it's dense, it's tight. Yeah. yeah. And I when I'm in that empty space, yeah, I can breathe air into the density of the symptoms. And when you in the, in when you in the empty space. Then you can, can somebody? Air, breathe the air. Breathe the air. I can put the air into the dense brain. Yeah, and then you can pull the air into the density of the symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. And then the heavy chocolate. And then the heavy chocolate. It becomes this mousse au chocolat. Yeah. And then, and then, and then is not something I can do in happening. Can I have something I can do and it's happening? Is that right? I'm not listening to the word, so I need the sentence to get what she's saying. Yeah, exactly. Is not, not something I can do. It's something you can do. Acceptance can do. Yeah. Janet, can you say it? Yeah, acceptance, not something I can do. Mm. It happens. It happens when I, I place myself into the Empty space. When you place yourself in the empty space. Yeah. In heaven. And when I now bring it to the dance place. In Janet. <laughs> well, a face shows it that, yeah, it's not a, something you can do. It's a place where you are. And mm-hmm. look at you. Look and you look years younger in Greece. <laughs> yeah. And then I have, instead of a symptom, instead I of the symptoms, I have more of chocolate. And then you have more of chocolate instead of the symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. And I can appreciate it. And you can appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Here, right now, with you. Yeah, here, right now, with us. <laughs> Delightful, Ingrid. Thank you, Ingrid. Ingrid, I have an experiment for you to try yeah. when you are moving into that empty space. Is to to bring in your sadness to your throat and move in the speed of sadness and let the watery of the sadness 
move you in the empty space. Mm, yeah. Yes, that's for me. Thank you, Sonia. It works for it works for you. Yeah. So. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Ingrid. I don't know if people know this, but Ingrid has made some non-videos and they're available at YouTube and they're just fabulous. They're just these sharing of insights and discoveries that are transcendental. They're just remarkable. So I hope people get to see them. And they are available in three languages, French, <laughs> German, and English. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Dorothea, you look touched by what Ingrid was saying. What's happening for you? Wow. Um, for me, the videos from Ingrid and what she shares actually brings a lot of sadness, to be honest, because I have my own story about this. And the story is that I never, ever, ever could stand what you stand, what you stand right now. I, my, my, my feeling is I, I never could survive if that would happen to me. And what you share is so far out of what I can understand or what I can feel that I sometimes think, is that just an illusion or is that possible? Because my systems say what you share, I believe you. It's not that I don't believe you. I really believe what you say. And to the same time, my whole system say that is impossible. I, I, I never would feel myself able to take this responsibility to take the best out of it, to take this information out of it. My feel, my fear is that I would just so much into the victim that this happens to me is life threatened to be honest what you what you say and 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 how your life changed thank you thank you yeah thank you dorothea Dimitra, it's your turn. Yes, it's my turn now. Now it's my turn, yes. Because, uh, you know, uh, um, yeah, okay, no. I love, I, love, I love when yellow things happen. It's my favorite thing in the world, like the second thing in the world. And, uh, yeah, like when Ingrid spoke, and then Janet spoke, and then Sonia spoke, and then Janet, and then Dorothea, now me, uh, that's for me, uh, my heart is beep, beats up, and yeah, I'm, yeah, I, I am so happy uh, about, uh, for the connection and the, and the, and the intimacy and, and the openness and, and the heart and, and the collaboration, and yeah, I'm, 
Yeah, I, I'm so moved, and it makes my it makes my being really, really. Um, yeah, I wanted. Yeah, so so happy, so happy. I'm so happy, and so moved with with this. Yeah. Thank you, Dimitra. No, thank you, thank you all. Dimitra, what I hear you actually doing is the next experiment in the list of ex of extraordinary experiments. So I just want to read it. And the experiment is on page 239. says, declare perfection. Mm -hmm. To say, so what that means is declare the the perfection of the present circumstances several times each day by saying clearly out loud, this is perfect. So some of us cannot say that. It's such a foreign thing to say because we have so many reactions or considerations or there's so many imperfections to see. But several times each day in moments, tell the people around you, just say that this is perfect. Like the other day, we were at a little cafe and somebody brought me this this egg omelet sandwich with avocado and cheddar cheese. And it had nothing to do with what I thought it was going to look like. <laughs> Zero. And I thought it would be fried eggs, you know, and not, not omelet eggs. I thought it would be a piece of toast and it has this bun. And, and, it, and I just look at it and I go, this is perfect. And I told the waitress, I go, this is perfect. <laughs> and and I ate it and, it and it was perfect. It was like, it was really great to have perfection in this space. How did I know it was perfect? Because I said it was perfect and I'm not wrong, you know. So this is what this is what you can do. It's, this is an experiment. Say this is perfect. Include all of the details of the circumstance of your partner. For example, their body shape, like your butt is perfect or their anger. Why wow, your anger is perfect or their doubts. Why wow, your fears are perfect or the environment. This morning is perfect. I mean, last night, and Chloe and I were sitting by the same river with, I don't know, 500 people. And, and we're sitting on the edge of, the, of this stones, and the sun is going down over the Louvre, and there's boats going by, and we're waving at the people in the boats, and the people are waving back at us. And it's like, why are we waving at each other? <laughs> No, they don't even know us. They're from who knows what country. They can't speak with each other, but we can wave at each other. This is an amazing <laughs> thing about waving at people. I'm, it's a new thing for me now. I just, I'm, I'm going to be waving at a lot of people. <laughs> this is such a great communication. It's like, and the people on the boat were waving at the people on the bridge, and the people on the bridge were waving back. So, and I told Aunt Chloe, I go, this is perfect. You know, and it's true that the people next to us were getting drunk and complaining with low drama and smoking cigarettes and other things. And there was shit in the river, like plastic shit. And, you know, there's, there's noise and there's, you know, not enough room for everybody or whatever. There's, there's, of course, there are things that you could make this story that is not perfect. But I was, it was so clearly for me that it was perfect. And I do, and I said it, this is perfect. And so... The, and so so you can just say this morning is perfect 
or those flowers are perfect, or this music is perfect, even though both of you, you and your partner, they, you know that there is only non-perfection at the level of material manifestation. So you have to get that, that, that the, at the level of physical manifestation, nothing can be perfect because there's irregular irregularities everywhere. I mean, our computers are set on a perfect in a perfectly round <laughs> marble table, but it's not perfect. I mean, the thing wobbles, the, so, the floor is slanted. It's not big enough for both It's not big enough computer. for both computers. <laughs> I have a board on top that I found in a garbage pile on the side of the road. And so... So it's the your ability is has this capacity to redefine a set of circumstances as perfect. And then you get to it's like walking down the street in love, like Ava was talking about. You can also walk, you can also interact with people in this space of it's which is an archetypal space of perfection. Because in the material world, nothing is perfect. Things are changing, things are rusting, things are rotting, things are getting older, you know, things are decomposing. This is this is the material world. It's always changing. But you can still say, this is perfect, and it's a declaration. So that's the experiment. And then thoroughly enjoy together the utter satisfaction of the perfection that you have declared. So if your partner says this is perfect, you're not your job is not to find out all the ways that it's not perfect. Your job is to enjoy that your partner called in an archetypal experience for you called perfection. That's the experiment. Go ahead. When, when you said that thing about the waving, I had this I can I can feel it in my body now this childhood experience of going on a school trip and we would always sit in the back of the bus and wave like mad at people and when other car drivers would wave back actually what I'm getting now is that it was proof that grown-ups aren't as dead as they seem yeah <laughs> that that it's possible to melt them down immediately just with waving And that for all human beings, like it's all, there's so much in that simple act of waving. <laughs> Thank you. Motorhomes wave to each other. Like some <laughs> have a motorhome, motorhomes drivers wave to each other. I love it. Yeah. There's a, so Janet, just to respond, there's a thing, a, a word defined by, Uh, Kurt Vonnegut Jr. in his book, The Cat's Cradle, is called a grand falloon. And what he, he, he writes a poem about it. Like a, a grand falloon is like a toy balloon. And it's this, a cloud that's built up by people he called from people from Alabama, I think. And anybody who's from Alabama, they go, You from Alabama? Yeah. And then they have created this false balloon. It's like a fake bubble. And it's it's a a fantasy world in a way. It's like, you know, Harley motorcycle drivers, they all wave at each other, or you know, certain taxi guys wave at each other because it's from the same company. But it, it actually causes separation. It's a kind of separation. So it's different 
from the kind of waving that Ava was talking about, that, or that I was talking about, which is this is a waving of, it's just pure connection. And it has nothing to do with a reason. There's no reason for it. It's completely unreasonable. So there's no reason for the people on the shore to wave at the people on the boat, because the people on the boat might think they're superior or arrogant, you know, they're the high class, and as people on the shore, we're the low class, or we look at them and they go, they're the stupid tourists, and we're the people who really live here. You know, there's none of that stuff is at play. It's just simply this exchange, this energy of just, it's really love happening for no reason. And it's when you acknowledge the existence of somebody and you go high, it's the same thing as one person who's centered saying hello to somebody who is also centered. It's this namaste thing. You know, I salute in you. The, the, the divine in me salutes the divine in you. Can I say something? No. So it's a, it's a different thing than the, all the mobile home, you know, motor home drivers waving at each other. That's a different sort of thing. Yeah. Thank you. And I remember um, last week what you said once, I think in Expand the Box or, or in, in my first lab, that you said how you would, uh, can you walk in the street and when people talk to you, receive as they say, I love you. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Even if they say, get out of my way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Give me your money. Give me your wallet. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> In, yeah, because I I wrote I uh, I read no um, I read I read a fantastic interview from a dancer I don't remember his name, but maybe I can post it somewhere uh, Akram Khan Akram Khan, and he's um yeah and he said that he was sharing about uh, about uh, the story about how someone that he thought that he's rude with him, in the end. Uh, how the story go? How the story goes? Uh, he made him like he served him a miracle, something like that. And and then how how he was he was creating resentment to the first person that he was rude to him, and somebody else then came and he said maybe he's your guardian angel, because somehow, you know, he 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 took the cup from him, very rude. So anyway, I don't want to say all the all the thing, but yeah, if you want, I can send you this. Uh, this if everyone wants to read this amazing uh, uh, interview, I can send it to you. Yeah. Please text. Yeah, me. please put it in the group. Yeah, yeah. In the, put it in the village. Yeah, and and make a description about it, Dimitra. Okay, is oh, that okay. a short like why it would be important? You know, how does it relate to what we're doing? Okay, I'll do that. Christina, you're you're there. Did you want to say something? You want to share something? Um, I'm still with this thing you said about perfect. I just noticed that I have three mosquito bites that are in a perfectly triangular shape <laughs> of whatever is low drama or high drama, but it's like <laughs> who gets to choose? Who gets to choose? Uh, I choose. <laughs> I see you're you're having you're experiencing cosmic acupuncture. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you. All right. So the next Wait, before you go on, Clinton. Okay, when, James. When you, 
talked about de declaring perfection. I felt it in my body. I I felt the 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 small now so, so clearly, like the the energetic presence and the, the the letting go of the need to do anything about what it is. And yeah, yeah, and 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 that's. Also, the that um, the declaration that I own, I I own this building, I own this office, I own this business, and 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 walking in with that disposition, I can feel that, I can feel how that changes. It's a remarkable that, and it's one of the things which I celebrate with this work is is the 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 use of language in ways that like change something in the universe like they the yeah it's I, I the magic of it you're experiencing mimetic upgrade <laughs> in in the present James I can, I don't know if you write stuff but that would be a great little article what you just told to us just unfold it a little bit you know three or five pages of just exp you know explaining what you mean a couple of examples a couple of stories which one the owning no the power of language like the mm -hmm. use of language as an alchemist or a possibilitator like a possibilitator's use of language and that that would be so what a great story a great example i would appreciate if you could write that you know we we post Articles about possibility management stuff on a website called jewelsofpossibility.mystrikingly.com. And there are great articles in there, people's discoveries. And I'm, there are so many discoveries that people didn't write up. <clears throat> so it's so wonderful to, when people take the time, you know, break the fear habits of being graded by the teacher, you know, and all this stuff. <clears throat> or, and just write the, you know, write the article. And just get it out to people. It's just so valuable. I will. Yay. Send it to, to us also. Yeah, my people. <clears throat> Pen. It's coming out. Here. Okay. Good. Uh, let's see. The next experiment is guard your attention. Practice with guarding your attention so that you are indistractable, meaning not distracted by other men or women walking down the street, not distracted by pictures in magazines or billboards, not distracted by television stuff you know, movies. Particularly focus on not being distractible by problems and by issues. Just don't let those things distract you. There will always be problems. There will always be issues, especially from the perspective of your box. And your box is always going to see problems and always going to see issues, you know, things that are out of balance, things that are not fair, like all this stuff. If your box, your partner's box your mother-in-law's box or your child's box can distract you from holding space 
for the sanctuary of intimate relating with your partner, then the box wins and you lose. Your being loses. There was a time I remember where I was with a woman and her son, who was only four or five years old, was cut, was there. And we were having dinner and the son was making it a child's space. And she was willing to go with that. And I interrupted immediately. And I said, this is not a child space. This is a partnership space. And the child can be in that space or can leave. But it cannot change this space into a child's space because this is our space. So I was not willing to be distracted by the child child needing to have all the attention and have control the space. It's basically the child's gremlin wanting to run the space. And so the effect of that is that the child learns that there are different kinds of spaces and that the child can participate in these incredible relating spaces that maybe the child doesn't understand but can feel the quality of the relating happening. But if the child succeeds in changing it into a child space, they will never experience that and they will be lost. They will have no reference point for an adult relating space full of love and compassion and perfection and attention and exchange and all of that. So that's about guarding your attention. Ongoingly demonstrate that being with your partner has by far the highest priority over everything. This is something that you can cause to occur. Your partner experiences that you are holding the relating above everything, above circumstances, above stories, above problems, above everything. And prove this. You can prove this unwaveringly by where you place your attention. In other words, not being distracted by a problem, for example. Even when you are together in the shopping mall or having a conflict or visiting the relatives or with your children, you know, you can still hold it unwaveringly by where you place your attention that the relating is by far the highest priority. And this is an an amazing, extraordinary experiment to do. By the way, it's hay fever time in Paris. Bad time to be in Paris. (laughs) Okay, then. Uh, The next experiment is called play space together. It's called make, it's just called play space together. So develop your ability to play a game. You can call it a game called space together with your partner. So playing space is a mode of conversation, a mode of conversing where one person asks self-threatening questions. You ask questions that threaten your certainty and threaten 
your defend your security and threaten your safety and threaten your box and threaten your beliefs. You ask those kind of questions, and the other person answers those questions immediately without forethought. So, and without flinching, meaning not holding back anything, not being afraid of what comes out, and without protecting, but they answer directly from the truth. So, then change roles. And so, Write down what your partner says because guaranteed your box will cause you to forget this stuff in the shortest amount of time. So you write down what they, you know, you ask them dangerous questions and they give you answers and you you write them down because your box will reject it for sure. So what you're doing is you are treasure hunting together. You're creating a certain kind of space called play, the game called space. And you ask these dangerous questions, and the space of you asking the questions calls in the treasure. And then your partner is bringing the treasure to you, and you write it down to collect the treasure. So who is more qualified to give you oracle-quality information about yourself than your partner? So it's this cool game of you're creating an oracle space. You You go to the oracle. And you ask these most dangerous questions and the oracle speaks right there in this space and you write it down and then you change roles. So it's a great experiment. Anything about that? Okay. Next experiment. No, I have a question. Go ahead, Eva. I get the thing about the treasure, but for me, there's this danger that it can really easily be beating myself up like if i asked questions that would threaten like threaten my box but for yeah. example what Eva? yeah i was asked I, I don't know what what could well, try one just go ahead just okay. tell us one uh, what are my box's most frightening limitations what What are my box's most frightening limitations? Now, I was just thinking of one myself. I'll just... um... How am I fooling myself about being a next culture mother? The answer is you don't allow yourself to be as wonderful of a person as you really are. You're, you, you absolutely refuse that you must be damaged. You have this view of yourself that you're damaged and crippled and incomplete. And so then therefore you cannot be a next culture mother because you don't do it well enough. Was that so bad? No. But you didn't write it down either. <laughs> My pen is broken. I'll get a new one. <laughs> here, here, borrow mine. Thank you. Thank you, Clinton. My dog ate it. My dog. My dog ate my pen. You just don't pull it out of five ways. Okay. All right. So the next experiment is see, we just did the next experiment, which is go with them. 
So Ava actually wanted to do the, that experiment, and we just went with her, we just went along with her. So this experiment is decide already beforehand and permanently to not move energetically away from your partner. I think you guys know what that means, right? You, you can remember times when you've, how many people can remember times mm-hmm. when you have moved energetically away from your partner? If you remember that. Okay. So this experiment is to decide already beforehand and permanently to not do that. Do not move energetically away from your partner. And even when you, quote unquote you, meaning your box, have reasons to reject them because your box is offended or your box is scared or your box doesn't understand or your box is losing control or whatever the reason is. that you. And so then the box has this, the survival strategy of pulling back. So already beforehand, you decide not to use that strategy. So you stay with, you stay right with, go with them. And so put your, instead, put your emotional reaction on an internal shelf. You just put it over here on an energetic shelf. You put your reactivity over there and store it. Store the emotional reactions for an emotional healing process and Move energetically towards your partner. So they do something that offends you, not because they're abusing you or something like that, you know, disrespecting you. It's not about that. It's about when something comes up and they have, it's a challenge or it's unexpected and your normal strategies pull away. Instead, go towards. And when you go towards, even if it means going with them on a journey into their underworld, or your underworld, or both underworlds, do not object. Simply accompany them as if on a friendly museum tour. You're going with them to a museum in the underworld. You know, so you go to a museum and there are exhibits, right? And there's things that you're interested in and things you're not interested in, but you look around. You just look around and you don't. it doesn't cost you anything to look at the stuff in the museum, except for the entrance fee, you know, but you just basically walk in and look around at this stuff in the museum. It isn't your responsibility. I know that because of an ex- a previous experiment that you own the museum. And in that way, it's your responsibility about what's in the museum. But in this case with your partner, you just look around. You, you own the museum. So you accompany your partner as if in a friendly museum tour, making no conclusions except to stay close with your partner on the journey. So you accompany them on the journey. You don't have to decide, well, do I like them? Do I not like them? Are they good for me? Are they not good? Any of that stuff, you just accompany them on the journey. You come out the other side, and you will have a shared experience of being on this journey in the museum together, the Underworld Museum. So that experiment is called Go With Them and Decide Already Beforehand to not energetically move away from your partner. Yeah. And uh, in terms of that experiment, I think maybe whatever steps or possibility in that experiment that I've been with is sometimes we walk in the street with Clinton and I walk in the street with Clinton and Clinton wants to go see a shop and I am not particularly interested to go in the shop. But I can I notice that I can still be with him while he's in the shop with no pressure of time 
or what should come out of the shop. You shouldn't buy anything or you should buy, you know, something or it has to be worth it or any things like that. So, and that's also been part of the experiment for me to not be adaptive to, you know, pleasing the men. And so I could stay close with the men without, without um, losing that experiment of keeping my center and keep doing what I want. I mean, another example is we're walking down the street, and, and Cloyd loves to walk in the middle of the street. The car street. The car street. She actually she wants to walk in the middle of the street. Now, I, my box, wants to be safe, you know, be on the sidewalk, follow the rules, you know, be a good boy. You know, so what I do is I, I go with her in the middle of the street, and it's this weird experience of, it's my street. And I have a lot more room to move. It's like this royal pathway of space. It's open it's beautifully. And when a car comes, it's like just litter. Some kind of litter coming down the street. Like we just get out of the way, the car goes by, and we're back in our street again. So, And then I get to be with Aunt Chloe in this royal experience of trotting, traipsing down this giant avenue. It's our street. It's really incredible. You don't have to hide away on the sidewalk. That's another example of it. God, you know, if we finish uh, the next page or so, we're we're actually in at uh, the end of part one of the PDF <laughs> file. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> doesn't mean anything. But anyway, it would be end at the start of part two. Week one hundred. Yeah, week one hundred. End of part, part one. one. <laughs> right. Right. Minimize now together. This is the next experiment. So avoid smearing moments together. You have to get what that means. Mm -hmm. we, we use stories and emotions and uh, fear. Huh? And like gremlin, yeah. To smear moments together. You know, that was a bad day. Or this is, this is a horrible time with your parents or your family. Or, you know, this is boring. You know, I have to stand in line at the post office for this whole half hour before they talk to me. Or you said this a week ago and you still mean it today. And you today. just smear the moment together with this kind of moment smearing glue. It's this grease kind of smears all the separate moments uh, together into one blob. And so you don't have to, you can stop smearing moments together because time is quantized into moments. Time is quantized in a moment and each moment is unique. And the thing is, there are gaps between moments, like the gaps between houses on a street or the gaps between cars of a freight train. So if, yeah, I think it was, Albert Einstein or somebody like that who made this quote about how, how different moments are, how different time, the relativity of time. Because he says a moment sitting next to a wonderful woman holding her hand is far too short. And a moment with your hand on a hot stove is far too long. And, and, and so that time passes differently in different kinds of moments. But if you smear them together, you miss the gaps. And that's the point of possibility management, is if you miss the gaps, you don't have this gateway to all these new possibilities. So 
if you if you if you minimize your now to a present to a moment that is smaller than the gap between moments which is the is an appropriate dimension for a small now is to minimize your now smaller than a gap between moments then you can move sideways right through those gaps just like you can move right through the gaps between houses or the gaps between train cars you just go right through that moment into possibilities that were previously hidden because like when a train's going by you know usually you cannot see what's on the other side but if you shift your now you can look and focus on the gaps you can see right through the train as it's going by and so that's this point is that when you minimize your now so it's smaller than the gap between moments you get access to whole new domains of possibility. It is the box that smears moments together. It's like a motion picture. So it can make generalizations such as always, you always, or you never, or I, I can't, or I have to. These are like generalizations. And so whenever you hear yourself using those fake words, those are all fake words, Whenever you hear yourself using things like always or never, know that your box is working over time to smear moments together into a blob that blocks all of the possibilities that are actually available if you could pay closer attention to details. So to get out of smearing moments, shift to the level of the details. So that's and by minimizing your now. So that's a great thing to do together. Say how big is your now? Do I keep going? Well, we're on a roll unless yeah. someone wants to say something. Yes, oh. I I want to. Go. I in regards to minimizing the now, I remember once uh, it was shared there in the group to continue to make a proposal, like wait a small amount of time and then make the proposal again and again. And I, I did this and it was with someone that was having a reaction and did not want to speak. And I just went for it and I waited 10 seconds and I would, I would, what about now? Do you want to speak now? And the answer was, no, I don't want to speak. And I just waited. And at the third time, it was like, something opened up it was so like a crack and then the person went I'm not okay I'm having a reaction I'm going for a walk I'm feeling sad and I'll be right back and then the space shifted and so it was really scary and at the same time fun to ask the same question and have this the story that the person is not the same neither am I in 10 seconds and it's so much empowering to go from this this place I want to try it more I just did it once <laughs> but I want to go for more <laughs> uh, thank you I mean we could have had classes in these things in high school and these and hundreds of more things and this is about working with relating and working with possibility and working with all these factors. And we just never had the classes. And so 
just because we don't think of it does not mean it's not possible. Just because we don't think of it does not mean it could change our whole world to use these skills. That's a different way of perceiving, a different way of noticing, a different way of interacting. These all these extraordinary experiments, and each one you can feel, each one opens up an extraordinary space. You're out of the ordinary world when you do these kind of experiments. I I just had this idea of somehow it's relevant to me being in more of a bridge space as I am now, due between a, a, a different culture and my culture, and it's this realizing how the the values that you hold if they're different from somebody else is then you're having shocking conversation i think partly the 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 friction between you know if you're doing these experiments even you know there's people listening to this recording their partner is not part of the world of possibility management or or you know friends or neighbors or i mean we could these experiments can be done with anybody but you're interested in doing these experiments because you you're holding the value of transformation or connection or experimentation or, or adventure or and the um so therefore you, the content of your life like what fills your life is really because you're valuing something you have particular values and so i just said this this idea of For example, somebody asked me, well, how did you like this restaurant? And the answer was, well, it was fascinating to see the waiter interact with all these um, these people in the restaurant. And he was totally connected with each person in the restaurant. And, and, and you know, the food was not so great, but people are coming back because of the <laughs> connection with the waiter. And there were the people served. And they're looking at me, meaning, you know, I want a food review. You know, that's what they wanted. It was this, this like superficial, you know, which restaurant have you been in, va you know, value. And and the, it's like, wh why are you saying this? And um, and I never really noticed that, you know, that I think that's part of whatever, keeping my context or keeping my center and keeping my culture is to value my value. But what mm -hmm. I'm sharing is a, it was a reflection of my values. And it's and people might say, well, it's too much, or why are you always talking about stuff like that? Or you know, I'm, I just you know, I want to know if you went to a cool restaurant or whatever. And it's um, to not have to be adaptive to the the value of other people around you. Mm -hmm. So I'll um, work on that on that article. Yeah, <laughs> <An> article <laughs> on my list of article. Oh. Okay. <laughs> The first article is, if you are bored, something better is waiting for you. So. And you're ready to go there. Yeah. Or create it. <laughs> so this next experiment is called excrete your conclusions. So excrete means to squeeze out or get rid of something like that, to, to depart from your conclusions. Each time you sit on the toilet, Do the intimacy Edric experiment to erase all the conclusions that your box has ever established about your world. So your partner, your job, your, your environment, your life, your relatives, you just excrete it down the toilet, all of your conclusions. 
while moving your bowels, your intestines, also make a detailed mental deposit into the toilet. You just you just let it go down at the same time. Identify and release any conclusions that you have established about what your partner wants or does not want, who they are or who they are not, what they can or cannot do, what is next or not next for them, all of that stuff, all these conclusions, these stories. When you are finished, flush everything away and step out of the bathroom completely cleansed. And so I would add to this now, which we I didn't know at the time, but also as you're stepping out of the bathroom, take one of your golden pearls of your own energy and information and drop it in. It goes down, fills up the space that you vacated. So you have your own energy and your own information to fill up the space that was being captured by all these conclusions. So you do that as, as part of the cleansing. So you step out of the bathroom completely cleansed and excited by what you might discover in the person you are with, which you could not see before because of your conclusions. You Step out of the bathroom completely cleansed and excited by what you might discover in the person that you are with. Catch your box if it ever tries to bring back any conclusion that are already flushed down the toilet. That is a great experiment. You wake up, you walk out of the bathroom, you go, honey, what happened to you? Well, I was just, <laughs> no, you look entirely different. <laughs> What happened to you in the bathroom? I can't talk about that. Uh, experiment number 87. Like, building love that lasts, but actually these don't have numbers. It's on page 241. Uh, so I want to share a funny legend in a, about my box training. There was this guy, I know him, he's in another space I offer, so I know him for a year at least. And that um, also that is sometimes difficult with his feelings and he's like a very from my box my box thought he's like a very um a, a person that that sticks very much to the law and correct and and polite and you know so this kind of box and at the final reflection we had of the box training he came up with that i have a question for you that is a thing that happened to me Really, and I want to guess you group what you think, what I did. And we said, okay, that's a great experiment. And so he said, like, one day there came in the post this package. He didn't order something, and he was addressed his name correctly, everything, and also whose person sent that. And it was like almost, or it was half a kilo more or less, and he opened it. And inside have been, um, uh, what is the, the name in English? Um, um, Mariana. Marijuana? Okay. <laughs> and he's like, oh, what the fuck? What the hell? Why is that in my, in my post box? And he was considering, what can I do with that? And he let us guess. And then... My guessing was, of course, you call the police because this is what your box needs to do. This is how I see you. And then, okay, what is the other guessing? So there were some people else like, yeah, you call the police or you put it in the, 
in the uh, in your wardrobe because you don't know what to do with that or there were also the uh, assumption to to send that back but then he said yeah that um that person is not existing so that was just a fantasy address so there was no way to send that back and then one woman said like laughing so yeah you just smoke it yourself but no you didn't <laughs> and so we were guessing quite a while and all of us were so sure that he brought it to the police and that he, he came up with, okay, what I did is one third, I smoked myself, one third, I gave to my friends and one third is still in, 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 in my, in my wardrobe and wait for whatever. And that was really, that was so much the waking up call from, you, you think you know who is in front of you and you know the person and da, 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 da. And I said, you freaked me completely out. And thank you for reminding me that I know nothing. I, at least I know nothing about you and everything is just a fucking conclusion. I'll come <laughs> out of my fantasy. Thank you. <laughs> wow. Okay, next experiment is applaud your partner's characters, their various characters. Just like you, your partner has shadow characters and bright characters of immense variety and depth and diversity. They have all these characters. There's the artist, the hypochondriac, the healer, the professor, the thug, the thief, the nun, you know, the barmaid, the dungeon master, the hopeless ghost, you know, the victim. All, they have all these characters. So do the experiment to have no fear, no judgment, and no hatred of any of the characters that you find in your partner. None of them. The whole zoo. You just, there are, these are just characters, even if your partner is completely identified with them when they come up, as if they were the real, only actual them, it's just their character. And you can enjoy the richness of your partner's versatility. And then you can play a variety of roles in return and weave pathways toward extraordinary human relating with them in their different characters. So avoid requiring your partner to be only one of their characters with whom your box can do its familiar dance of ordinary human relating and learn to dance with all of their different characters to find intimacy. Anything about that? <laughs> I mean, one of the things you can do is when a part comes up in your character and goes, voila, you know, the mastermind, problem solver. I want to, and you go into the Sherlock Holmes thing, you know, okay, Sherlock, what do you have? You know, and you can play along as if you're Dr. Dr. Watkins. <laughs> Moriarty, but that's the no, bad, right? <laughs> no, 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 So, Good. Another one, tolerate your partner's discontinuities. So that means extend the limits of what you can tolerate in terms of your partner's insanity. I, I mean, sorry, I'm going back to the previous experiment. Yes. One of the first intimacy like adventure that Clinton and I went on was at the ecosystem restoration 
Campbell. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> Janet, I know that's you. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Where's she gone? I know. Um, um, one of the first adventures. We went to church, of we, we did not go to church. We went to the hardware, like a huge, like Le Roi Merlin or something like that in Spain because we needed stuff to do the composting toilet that Clinton had designed. And I, there was music in the store. And one of the things that I love doing in stores when there's music is dancing. And so I was dancing in the, in the hardware store with Clinton and, and I'm admitting Jack. And Clinton was kind of freaking out, but no, completely freaking out because <laughs> I never danced in a hardware store before. You don't dance in a hardware store, but it was amazing that. It was, you know, and it was really a first experience for me of somebody not being weirded out and not trying to stop me or not going away or nothing like that. And, and being applause in me being a dancer, because I'm truly a dancer, but I, I never actually took, you know, dance class. I never actually had really a space to demonstrate that skill. So she was dancing with the cart. So she would go down the aisle and your cart was spinning around as it was going down the aisle. And all these people were going, what's going on? What's going on? And he goes, she's dancing with the cart. <laughs> and I'm dancing too, so watch out. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. A fun memory. It was a fun memory. <laughs> but, okay, one, one thing I want to also share is I think a lot of these experiments are also easier to to go into or to create when when it's like you also have like an extra purpose or something. So when when Clinton and I went to the change this change we went to a change now a huge conference over three days in Paris there's about ten thousand people over over three days and it was it was a particular space where people didn't know us there was no expectation on us and we had basically complete free space to bring in a change to a conference that only had out a change. And it was a space where Clinton and I could play with each other without, with complete freedom of movement. And so we would, you know, we, Clinton would be standing there and, and people, you know, are leaving. It's like, did you get your spaceport, spaceport card link? You know, and people are like, oh, no, I didn't get it. Like, give me a card. You know, and we were just... And people thought we were totally official, change now, you know, host of the conference. Okay. Uh, one of yeah. the booths was not occupied. Okay. We didn't know where the people went, but there's signs and chairs and everything. Their table was still there. So we just took it over. So we took over this booth and people would come up because they thought, what was it called? Change yeah, the Forbidden story. Stories. Well, forbidden Stories. That was the name <laughs> was of the booth. Perfect. And we just put up, we just taped up one of these cards with the start over logo on it and just started people go what are the forbidden stories and go oh you did the answer to this question was different for each person. <laughs> yeah. and then i come i went out we had to we ran out of cards and so we had to hand write cards and so i had a stack of them and i went out and i got i handed out all these cards and, and while Aunt chloe was writing more cards at the table and i come back she didn't write any new cards because she was talking to all these people i go you didn't write any new cards and so an anyway. amazing Hungarian couple who've been doing transformational work in Hungary could speak perfect French. And it was just, we had a half hour amazing conversation at this. Uh, 
So because we had the booth, we had our booth there. So it was. So that these situation also, you know, go, I mean, it can also be just like a regular Renaissance fair, but in an environment which is out of the ordinary, not your, you know, not your house, not the holiday place. It just, it, I think it offers a, a more of a free, a free space to do some of these experiments. All right. Tolerate your partner's discontinuities. That means that where they don't fit together, there's these gaps. People, we have gaps in us. And it's, it's a kind of, it looks like craziness. And so this is about tolerating your partner's craziness. So you extend the tolerance, extend your limits of what you can tolerate in terms of your partner's insanity. You understand that in order for your partner to learn and grow, they must go through liquid state periods where they do not have their act together. They do not have their life together. And so you extend the tolerance you have for your partner when their life is completely falling apart. So expand your capacity to accept your partner until it greatly exceeds your partner's previous experiences of being accepted. Let me just say that again. Extend your capacity for accepting your partner in this shift time, in their discontinuity, until your acceptance greatly exceeds your partner's previous experiences of being accepted. You get this? You're accepting them in dimensions that they've never experienced being accepted in before, in times when they're they're not even together as a thing that could be accepted. They're in this in-between place. How can that be accepted? Well, you can accept that. Stop requiring your partner to continue their standard show of being sane for you. You get what you're doing? You're unleashing your partner. They don't have to put the show on that they have their act together, that they are sane for you. They don't have to have this integrity, like this one channel. You know, they're give you give you're unleashing the grip on them, demanding that they have this one show for you. You just get off it. Instead, become a safe space in which your partner can experiment in their own disassembly in their own coming apart and reordering. Yeah. So a hint for women who might be relating to a man, especially with a good, good boy box, like good person, good men, good citizen, good uh, husband, you know, good, whatever, good father is uh, to, to really extend that when the man is not strong, like when the man is, you know, is tired, is, um, you know, in an authentic way of being, I, I, I can't handle this, I can't, I don't understand, you know, I don't have a solution, I can't fix this, like especially those moments where it is okay for a man to not have a solution, even for you, you know, as a woman, as a, yeah, as their partner. So if you tolerate you're tolerating their discontinuity so that they can reorder. You're holding a space in your partnership such that it's they're free to reorder in these liquid states. Clearly distinguish in your own heart the difference between loving your partner as a being and loving their box's behavior as a show. Those two things. 
and and continue loving them. Let their box fade into background importance. Love their being and let their box fade into background importance. And the box will do its thing. It has this, you know, I need this for breakfast. I need to wear these clothes. I need to talk to these people. I need to do this kind of work or whatever. I need to clean but, up this mess. But don't really do, this is not an experiment in letting yourself be abused. Right. Never. This is not about, you know, oh, they can walk all over you or throw a tantrum or, um, you know, whatever, ignore you or whatever the, the, the style of abuse. It's not about letting that fall back into yes. background importance. Yeah. Distinguishing the sense of it. Yeah. Lo irene. Hello. Okay. <laughs> we, I just want, we have met Irene in person. Yeah. And everybody I thought, met them in person. <laughs> yes. And everybody thought Irene was a meter eighty tall. She's not. <laughs> I'm not. Just for when you meet her. <laughs> yeah. I'm short. <laughs> nice to see you back in here. We're we're on page two forty one doing the last few experiments, extraordinary experiments. The next one is Wait, wait, wait. I just had this realization because I found it really hard in my last long-term relationship to do that, what we, you were just describing. And mm-hmm. and from from my perspective now, I can, I can say that this inability to hold space for him in liquid state is because there was this child part in me that was relying on him to be stable or like, you know, the... The, the stone in the, the fels in der Brandung, you say in, in German, like, yeah, just, this, and it was this yeah, child, child, yeah, yeah like this, yeah, and it's this child's expectation of the man being um, somehow <clears throat> reliable or in, in continuity, and I can rely that he stays the same. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I feel I feel sad for losing all these chances of holding space for him to just be liquid and change his shape. Thank you for sharing that. And it, just because we use this term holding space, I think in a particular way, I would say it's not so much holding space in terms of but it's just extending the experiment is extend your capacity to be with. Mm. Um, but um, especially in terms of like this thing of women holding space for men or, or the other way around, I think relating is, is nothing to do with holding space for each other. It's, it's really about holding space for the possibility of the relating. Mm. Yeah. You can write an article on that. Yeah, yeah please do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. and, also, and also one about the line of, of holding that space and being there and the abuse part. Yeah. Could you just, what is the difference, Sonia? Can you, do you have a way to say the difference? Uh, 
Well, that's actually my necessity. It's to, for me, it comes from first listening to myself and not questioning what, what part of me is this coming from, because this is crazy making. And from there, build this, the, the structure to have clarity on, 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 what is okay what is not okay and be there and hold space but but to try to go there and be with a person where he or she is without first having this inner structure to hold space for myself and have clarity on what is my space what it's okay for me what's not okay the abuse is there Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank so you. this is where I am with this. Thank you. I'm reading a book right now from Brene Brown is her name. She's a psychologist. And uh, the book is something called like um, Vulnerability is Strengths, something like that. And she observed first about shame from women and what are the main topics of women being ashamed? And then a guy came uh, when she had a reading, a public reading, and he asked, do you also have something about shame for men? And she had actually no answer because she thought that this might not be so important. And there is a nice story she tells about what happened between them two And the conclusion of it is that he said, you look, you think that there is no shame from us men, but there is actually a lot of shame. And because you're not seeing that, how can I express what it is? And you as women want us to express our feelings and how we are. And to the same time, there is this huge story, what, what Eva talked about, that he's the, the, the stone in the water and strong and can keep everything and whatever. And how can I show up vulnerability as a man without being ashamed, not being your stone in the water? Mm. And so she made another um, um, research about the shame of men and my conclusion out of that is that we really need spaces because what I observe in the world is that there is a lot of um, this is patriarchy and, and the women needs to be seen, it needs to be healed and da, 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 da. But what one of her conclusions was that we as women, by having these expectations, feed the patriarchy because they have no chance to... to um, no safe space to try something else to learn and so i realized that we as women need to offer these safe spaces for men so that they can heal that they can learn that archaeology is possible and we are not feeding from our side from our expectation the patriarchy anymore yeah thank you thank you Here's another extraordinary experiment. Let kindness prevail for no reason. 
let kindness prevail for no reason. Do the intimacy edge work experiment of discovering kindness without measure. Not a little bit of kindness or enough kindness, but kindness without measure, without limit. Being holding that, like representing kindness without measure. Drop your personal box's necessity to have reasons for expressing kindness towards beings or spaces or objects, including every aspect of your partner and their life. So let kindness prevail. This is an experiment. Let kindness prevail as your predominant moment-to-moment experience as expressed by your thoughts, your words, and your actions. See how long you can do this. You know, most of us will last 30 seconds or five seconds because it's not fair. We think that if somebody's kind to us, we can be kind to them. It's kind of a balance or an exchange. Or we think if it's safe enough or if we feel abundant enough, if we feel like if we feel like so good that we can be kind. So that's how kindness usually is. It's this scarce, it's a scarce commodity. And this experiment is to source kindness with no limit. And so let kindness prevail as your predominant moment-to-moment experience. See how long you can do this. When you find that the kindness has been replaced by something else coming out of you, avoid all analysis. Don't beat yourself up. Don't criticize yourself. Don't judge yourself. Don't blame yourself. Simply shift back into this abundant kindness to try again. So that's about a two or three second shift. When you shift out of kindness and you notice it, you go, okay, shift back, shift back, just shift back to this as the experiment. Sometimes make extraordinary bursts of effort to extend your kindness capacity for reasonless kindness beyond all previous exceptions. So beyond what you did before, just like this huge volume of kindness. Like you can even do the experiment when you get the hang of this. You can, like, since kindness is really an archetypal bright principle, you can bring kindness into the earth. You can hold space for the entire planet Earth and have that much kindness coming through you. This is an amazing experiment to try and to see how long you can hold that. Sometimes create kindness reminding factors for yourself. For example, you carry a flower around all day. You carry the flower as a reminding factor that you are kindness. That's a reminding factor. Or uh, wear a, a necklace with a heart on it. Like people, you know, it just if I, if I had a heart on, I would just barf. But, you know, that would be the reminding factor that I'm being kind, that I am kindness and abundance, so much abundance for the entire globe. So, or... Uh, Sometimes apply surprise gorilla kindness when it is least expected. So you have a gorilla attack of kindness in a, on a space or on a couple or on a situation or on your partner. You just have this gorilla attack of kindness when they least expect it. And then also apply this level of abundant, endless kindness to yourself. See how long you can do that. That's it.
Well, that's it for the experiments. Well, there's one more section. I don't think we have time for it, maybe. It's called an intimacy edgework experiment about expectations. I think we saved that one. It's a detailed experiment explanation. So you haven't what are we what's our schedule for the next time? Do we we'll, we'll keep going for at least a couple of weeks. Okay. A couple of weeks on Tuesdays. Um and then we'll be going uh to Brazil. And I, I think we can do at least three weeks. Yeah. Let's do three weeks and then we'll have a couple of weeks in an ETBN lab in Brazil. And that, your thing and also. It, it ends on the rage Tuesday. club, the women's rage club? No. That's not on a Tuesday? No. Okay. Okay. Anybody have anything to send us off for our week of extraordinary experimenting? I want to share. Yes. So, Ingrid, you want to share? I'm, I'm met in the house with my partner. So, you in the house with your partner? Yeah. And I noticed what is different. I have changed in and you four notice, months. You notice how much you have changed. In four months. Yeah, in four months. Yeah. And what changed me is I had before I left the house already expand my tolerance of his insanity. Oh, you already, yeah, before the four months, you already expended... His tolerance. Yeah, your tolerance. Of his insanity. Of his insanity. Yeah. And what changed is the part of amusing. I know I... Um, I don't amuse myself. <laughs> and so the the thing that has changed is that you can amuse you, you can entertain yourself you can amuse yourself I don't abuse no. myself I not abuse but, yourself yeah no. that's the part when change in me yes. that's the part so, that changed yeah yeah and my father the four months Something changed in him too. In the four months, something changed also in your partner. Yeah. And what changed is he has a part of consciousness in him that I might live. So he has a part of conscious fear in him, yes? That you might leave. That you might leave, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that he never thought about that. Yeah, he never thought about it before. Yeah, and what he said to me, I'm so grateful that you, I, 
can tolerate my mom. So, and he said to you that he's really grateful that you can tolerate his. Yeah, that you can you can tolerate his box. And so, what is new that he has now? Sense for his box. And now he he has a sense for his box. Yeah, and he hasn't that before. Yeah, and he didn't have that sense at all before, yeah. Yeah, and and it's really, uh, uh, it's extraordinary. And that's extraordinary. Yeah. Wow, thank you. Were you going to say something else, Ingrid? I feel I'm, I live an independent life. And it's his time. Hmm. You, you never had an independent life from his life. At his side. I know, at, at his, his side. side. Yeah. yeah, I I live now an independent life at his side. Yeah, you'd never yeah. had an independent life at his side before. But she says that I live now. Yeah, and now you and now you have it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I have it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Going good. Yeah. I think that's the part of the that you, relating is not holding space for each other, but holding you have independent lives holding space for the possibility of relating. Yeah. Hmm. And the separation was necessary for. The Israel to this home. Yeah. And the separation for the four months was necessary for, for the Isglu to dissolve. On energetic level. Yeah, not mind level. Yeah, not the mind, not the intellectual level. Wow. Wow. And it was necessary that I thought everything was lost. Mm, and you thought that everything was lost. It was necessary. Yeah. It was necessary that you thought that everything was lost. Yeah. 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 And then you can take the risk. Yeah. Do the wild experiments. (laughs) (laughs) But you are. You are. Yeah, I am. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us today in the study group of building love that lasts. And there's a note I made somewhere is that love actually lasts. We don't. So the love never goes away. It's us who goes away. So the title of the book came from the publisher. It didn't come from me. So, But uh, in any case, it's a wild thing to use love as, a, as an archetypal resource 
And like, for example, that experiment with radiating kindness or acceptance or the different experiments is, is to get to get it that we have this direct connection to these huge resources that are bigger than ordinary. And so that's what this whole extraordinary part is about in relating is to get access to these extraordinary resources and practically use them in our everyday life and experiments, explorations. I'm glad you're on this journey with us. Have a great week and see you around. See you, everyone. Bye. Look, we're waving at each other. We're waving at each other. Bye-bye. See you. Bye. Bye.